Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Have you come to a place in your spiritual life where you can say you know for certain that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? Suppose that you were to die today and stand before God and He were to say to you, Why should I let you into my heaven? How would you answer these two questions? These two questions I just asked are the key questions from Evangelism Explosion as recorded in the February 20th Reflection section of the One Year Christian History book by Sharon and Michael Rustin. And now I want to read to you a short biography of the man who started Evangelism Explosion. D. James Kennedy grew up in the 1930s in Chicago and attended the University of Tampa on a music scholarship. Big band music was all the rage then, and many learned to dance at Arthur Murray Studios. True to his pursuit of excellence in all areas, Jim mastered the steps, became an Arthur Murray dance instructor, and before long was a nationally competitive dancer. When 19-year-old Ann Lewis entered the Tampa Arthur Murray studio for a lesson one evening, Jim, then 22, told a friend, That's the girl I'm going to marry. During their courtship, Ann, who was a Christian, challenged Jim about what he believed. Although he believed in God and assumed he was a Christian, Ann's questions threw him. One Sunday afternoon in 1955, Jim woke up with a hangover. The radio was on and tuned to a message by Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse from 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. Dr. Barnhouse asked, Suppose that you were to die today and stand before God, and he were to ask you, What right do you have to enter into my heaven? What would you say? Jim listened to Barnhouse's explanation of salvation and redemption. He recalls, I was completely dumbfounded. I had never thought of such a thing as that. As I sat there on the edge of my bed with my mouth hanging open, I groped desperately for some answer. Realizing he had no right to enter heaven, he gave his life to Christ. The transformation of his life was immediate and miraculous. He made an overnight 180-degree turn away from his former lifestyle. And this is a quote from James Kennedy. To this day, I have friends who do not know what happened to me. One moment, there was a young man managing an Arthur Murray dance studio. His heart and affections fastened entirely upon the things of this world. Then suddenly, overnight, something happened. A new person was born, and an old person died. Shortly thereafter, he drove to see Anne with an engagement ring in his pocket. He said, I have quit my job at the studio, which means I'm almost flat broke. I'm going into the ministry, and I know you always said you wouldn't want to be a preacher's wife. Will you marry me? Anne was taken aback, but said yes. After graduating from seminary, he went to Fort Lauderdale in 1959 to start a church. The attendance at the first service of Carl Ridge Presbyterian Church was 45. After 10 months, attendance was down to 17. Jim and Anne were discouraged, but didn't give up. Jim went to Atlanta to conduct an evangelism conference with his seminary friend, Kennedy Smart. Observing his friend, Jim discovered what he felt were the tools for successful one-on-one evangelism. He went home to teach these tools to his little flock. In one month, his church grew from 17 to 66, and then to 122 the next year. When they reached 200 members, they built a church, quickly becoming one of the fastest-growing churches in America. 
By 1974, Coral Ridge had more than 3,000 members. Pastors from all over wanted to know how he did it. In answer, Jim held his first evangelism explosion clinic on February the 20th, 1967, to train pastors in his unique method of lay evangelism. Thirty-six pastors attended that first clinic. Since 1967, EE clinics have trained thousands of pastors, and in 1996, EE International reached its goal of planting EE teams in all 211 of the world's nations. James Kennedy continues to evangelize the world through Evangelism Explosion and through his radio and television ministries from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale. And the two verses associated with this devotional reading that day are from John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. To all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. A few weeks ago, I heard Robbie Zacharias recount an amazing true story that he had read in People magazine back in 1989. It was about the funeral of the last of the Habsburg dynasty, Queen Zita, who died after a long life devoted to her God and her church. So I went on the internet to see if I could find that article about the funeral, and I did. It was written by Steve Berman, and it was found under the byline, Six Feet Under, We're All Sinning Mortals. I'm now going to read this true story to you. The 8,000 mourners filed out of Vienna's St. Stephen's Cathedral and fell in line behind the casket drawn by six black horses. Two hours later, the procession ended at the Capuchin Church, where, in keeping with tradition, a member of the funeral party knocked on the door and a priest asked, Who goes there? The titles were read aloud, Queen of Bohemia, Dalmatia, Croatia, Slavonia, Galicia, Queen of Jerusalem, Grand Duchess of Tuscany and Krakow. I do not know her, said the father. A second knock, and who goes there, brought this response. Zita, Empress of Austria and Queen of Hungary. Again the reply, I do not know her. When the inevitable question, who goes there, was put a third time, the answer was simply, Zita, a sinning mortal. Come in, said the priest, opening wide the door, not for royalty, but for a faithful member of the church whose life had finally reached its end. Zeta had many titles, but at the end, only one mattered. We can argue over the best way to keep illegal immigrants from living on American soil. We can argue over the Chinese and how they manipulate their currency for fun and profit. We can argue over health care, taxes, and the federal budget. We can argue over the military and the Middle East. Two things are inevitable. One is that we will all end up in the dirt, or as ashes if you prefer. The other is that upon crossing that threshold, there's no return to settle unpaid accounts. Even atheists die and are given over to their eternal destiny with no do-overs. There's only one proper way to make that journey of which we know not the date or time of our passage, and it's the way Zeta entered Capuchin Church. Everyone needs to know that we will all face the final knock and that there's but one way to enter into the joy of the Lord as a sinning mortal. And that is the end of Berman's article. Robbie Zacharias says, The question isn't who's the best Christian. Even asking it betrays a shocking ignorance of the basic foundations of forgiveness of sin. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fail to meet His righteous requirements for a sinless life to enter heaven on our own merits. 
Robbie concluded that when you hear the knock, it won't matter how many degrees you've earned or how many titles you have or how big your bank account is. You must enter God's presence as a sinning mortal. I want to read you now a section of the May 7th devotional, Morning by Morning, by Charles Spurgeon. Jesus came, Jesus saw, Jesus conquered everywhere. It is even so this morning. Whatever my own case may be, the beloved physician can heal me. Whatever may be the state of others whom I may remember at this moment in prayer, I may have hope in Jesus that he will be able to heal them of their sins. My child, my friend, my dearest one, I can have hope for each, for all, when I remember the healing power of my Lord. On my own account, however, however severe my struggle with sins and infirmities, I may yet be of good cheer. He who walked on earth healing the sick still dispenses his grace and works wonders among the sons of men. Let me go to him at once in earnest. Let me praise him this morning as I remember how he performed his spiritual cures, which bring him most renown. It was by taking our sicknesses on himself, with his stripes we are healed. The church on earth is full of souls healed by our beloved physician. The inhabitants of heaven itself confess that he healed them all. Jesus Christ died to save you and me from sin, from doubt, and from worry. Christ removes the fear of death from those of us who believe in him. No matter how far we have strayed from God, as long as we have life, we have hope. In the encounter for Romans 3.25 from the Blackaby Study Bible, we read, Since every person is under the penalty of sin, we are all on equal footing to receive God's gift of grace. While some humbly accept it, others arrogantly reject it. Only when we become desperate and poor of heart can we receive the riches of salvation. And listen to these verses from Romans chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Blessed and to be envied are those whose sins are forgiven and put out of sight. Yes, what joy there is for anyone whose sins are no longer counted against him by the Lord. This is what Randy Alcorn writes on the last two pages of his book, 90 Days of God's Goodness. Scripture gives us many invitations to come to God and personally experience Him. The best way to do this is to open the Bible and learn about Jesus. Ask yourself who He is and whether you could believe in Him. Set aside all other arguments and study the person of Christ. Read of His life in the Gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Listen to his words. Can you look at Jesus and not be broken? Can you gaze on the crucified Christ and still resent God for not doing enough to show his love? Once you see Jesus as he really is, your worldview, your goals, your affections, everything, including your view of evil and suffering, will change. Jesus asked his disciples the most important question, Who do you say I am? If we get it right about Jesus, we can afford to get some minor things wrong. But if we get it wrong about Jesus, it won't matter in the end what else we get right. When it comes to goodness and evil, present suffering and eternal joy, the first word and the last is Jesus. I imagine that many of you who listen each week are believers, and you can say with certainty that you know you are going to heaven. And when God asks you why he should let you in, your answer will be because of his son, Jesus Christ, who took our sins upon himself. None of us will get in heaven any other way. It is only by the grace of God that any of us will be accepted into heaven. 
But if there is anyone listening this morning who might not know for sure whether they are going to heaven or hell, I have some hope for you today. Listen to this. Is there any hope? The future is uncertain. Schools are protected by armed guards. Many people don't feel safe in their homes. Diseases are killing our people. Is there any hope? Can we have peace and joy in our hearts? Can we find purpose for our life? Can we find the strength for tough times? Does anyone really care? Yes, here's hope. Jesus cares for you. The Bible says in Romans 15:13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In his word, the Bible, we find the road to hope. The road is clearly marked in the pages of the New Testament. And I am going to read you some of this, and it's from Romans. You might want to get a pen and paper out and record these verses, because this is what's known as the Roman road. So can you find hope in today's world? Let's start with Romans 1:16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Romans 2:4. Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart one believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, resulting in salvation. Romans 10:13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The verses I've just read to you from Romans are known as the Roman Road. Now I want to read you the last part of this book, which is Here's Hope, New Testament. Now, you have heard the Roman Road, these verses from Romans, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you have never accepted Christ, if you've never made a profession of faith, here's your opportunity that I'm going to give you this morning. Are you ready to receive God's offer of eternal life and hope after hearing these verses? If so, please pray the following prayer. And remember this, it is not the words that you use, but the attitude of your heart. If you pray this prayer sincerely, Jesus will come into your life, and in him you will have eternal life and hope. Here's the prayer, so you can pray these words right after me. Dear God, I know that Jesus is your son, and that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. Because I have sinned and need forgiveness, I ask Jesus to come into my heart. I am willing to change the direction of my life by acknowledging Jesus as my Lord and Savior and by turning away from my sins. Thank you for giving me forgiveness, eternal life, and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer, and some of you, many of you prayed it a long time ago or something very similar, you are assured of eternal life and hope because you can trust God's promise. And in Romans 10:13, he said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Did you sincerely ask Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior? What does God's Word promise? You are a member of God's family. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. Your life is eternally secure in God. Hear these two verses from Romans 8.38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. From the last part of Romans 8-9 we read, You are controlled by your new nature if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ living in him, he is not a Christian at all. And now I want to read you the notes for this verse from the Life Application Bible. I had a student when I was teaching 5th and 6th graders several years ago, and she wanted to know what was going to be different, how she was going to feel differently when she had accepted Christ, because she had, in fact, accepted Christ, and she was sort of concerned about how she was feeling, didn't know what she should be feeling. So this is what I want to read to you. Have you ever worried about whether or not you really are a Christian? A Christian is anyone who has the Spirit of God living in him. If you have sincerely trusted Christ for your salvation and acknowledged him as Lord, then the Holy Spirit has come into your life and you are a Christian. You won't know the Holy Spirit has come if you are waiting for a certain feeling. You will know he has come because Jesus promised he would. When the Holy Spirit is working within you, you will believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son and that eternal life comes through Him. As I come to the end of today's program, I will ask the two questions that I started with. Have you come to a place in your spiritual life where you can say you know for certain that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? And I can tell you now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, then you can answer that with a certainty that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. The second question, suppose that you were to die today and stand before God and he were to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe in Christ, you stand before God and he asks you that question, why should I let you in? Because of Jesus Christ and your belief in him. My hope for today is that everyone listening has no fear of death but instead has that blessed assurance of an eternal life in heaven that Jesus has promised those who believe. In closing, hear these words written by Fanny Crosby. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst at my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And I hope that is your story, and I hope you do have that blessed assurance. I leave you with this verse from Romans 15:13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening.
Listening to Hope for Today, brought to you each Sunday morning by Carroll Pharmacy. We hope the message today has helped and encouraged you. If we can ever help you with your prescriptions, over-the-counter medications, or vaccines, we hope you will come in to our family-owned and operated independent pharmacy, where outstanding customer service is our goal. 